All right, everybody, you have just tuned in to the Steel City Blitz Steelers podcast presented by 26shirts.com slash Pittsburgh. And boy, is there a lot of stuff to get to tonight. Uh, Steelers, of course, are now fully invested in training camp. They've practiced. They've practiced with pads on. They've practiced without pads on. They've done a little bit of everything, and uh, we'll try to get you up to date with as much of the goings-on as possible. Um, plus, uh, apparently, Le'Veon Bell has, has tweeted tonight that he's apologizing to all the fantasy owners from, from last year. You know, hey, Le'Veon, how about apologizing to the millions of Steelers fans who invested money in your jerseys and stuff? Jerk. Uh, but I digress. Uh, joining me on the show are our usual suspects, uh, Chris and Ben. And uh, I, yeah, I had to just get that out of the way in case I didn't have time for a rant tonight, fellas. Um, you guys excited for football, Chris? I am. I'm ready for preseason to come around. That's sad to say, but I need to watch some football. Oh, no, I'm I'm with you. I've got a baseball game on mute right now, and I'm falling asleep watching the darn thing. Uh, I'm, I'm definitely ready for preseason. Uh, ben, how, how about out there? Are you ready for, for some actual football? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I want the fall to get here. It's one of my oh, favorite yeah. seasons for a number of reasons, but, you know, I'm still – I'm really enjoying the summer. The summer has been, yes. been pretty damn nice, so. It, it is a – I'm in a tough – yeah, it's I'm gonna enjoy it while it's around. Yeah, you, you, you I love summer. I, I, and like you, I love fall for numerous reasons. But, um, yeah, you, you don't want summer to go quite so fast. But at the other, you know, hand, you, you also want the Steelers to get here, and in a sense, they are here. But, um, so let's get to the latest stuff here, and um, we'll we'll start with some injury stuff. Um, none of which, uh, for the listening audience is, is horrible. There's, there's no season ending injuries, knock on wood and all that stuff. Um, TJ Watt, of course, was the big news from the very first day of the conditioning test, a hamstring strain. Uh, Ben, you, you've had hamstring issues. I think you said in the past, I, I had a complete tear once in my early twenties. Uh, these are very, uh, not sure of the right word here, but they're different for everybody, aren't they? Yeah, no, I've never really had major hamstring issues. No. I uh, I was rooming with uh, a college hurdler when I went to the University of Arizona, and he, oh, when he had them, he really was cautious with them because they yeah. can, it, when you pull a hamstring, just pulling it, you get a little tear and you create scar mm-hmm. tissue. And as that scar tissue builds up, you're more likely to, to get pulls and strains over and over and over again. So you have to really kind of just be careful, constantly get treatment, work at it, but you got to be careful in how fast you bring it back. And um, they're just being cautious with, with Watt. I'm not super concerned about it myself. No, um, no. It's just, you know, basically they put him on pup so that they can use the extra roster spot while he's not practicing, which makes sense. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. in the event that he doesn't come back quickly, um, they've got that available for, you know, a, a good yeah. period of time. Um, but I'm not super concerned. Again, it, you know, it's it's a little bit – he felt hamstring tightness after right. the conditioning test. I think he just didn't warm up thoroughly enough and, and decided to go run, and that, that happens. 
It, it does, and I, I'm with you. This is not a uh, a massive thing to get worried about if we're still talking about this in, in the middle of preseason when we've already had a few games and he's still on pup, then I think we start discussing it. But, you know, as for right now, uh, not, not totally concerned. Um, Chris, the other, uh, I guess, significant minor injury was Sean Davis yesterday, um, dislocated finger. Uh, to be real honest with, with most of the listening audience, if you've played a ball sport in your lifetime, you've either had a dislocated finger or seen one and, uh, <laughs> or, you or know, both. It, it, or both. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but believe me, I, I'm looking at my index finger, my right hand right now. It's, it's probably by the time I'm 60, it's going to be completely upside down. Um, but you know, it, it's just one of those things, but when, you know, when you're a safety, uh, you know, Chris, have you ever dealt with one of these before? No, um, my have been knee, ribs, uh, that's kind of it, um, yeah. shoulder. Okay, so so a little bit of everywhere, but uh, the, the bottom line with this is, uh, you don't think Sean Davis's injury is something we should be overly concerned with, right? No, but I, I think it opens opportunities for for other guys like Cam Ke- or for Cameron Kelly, and um, same with Watts' injury with Ola Denny. So um, that's what camp's about: is uh, opportunities and um, seeing what other guys can get with those um, upper echelon first team guys. Well, and let's just segue right to that because you know we've talked about this on previous shows throughout the off season when it came to the issue of free safety. All of us were are holding our breath for Sean Davis. He's he's been pretty durable during his three year career so far, um, but if he does go down for an extended period of time, Chris, what do they have behind him right now? You really have Cameron Kelly and. That might that might be it. Um, there's no one else on the roster who can play that position besides maybe Terrell Edmonds in a pinch. Um, so getting Cameron Kelly these reps right now is is pretty uh, pretty valuable for him and for the team to see where he's at and um, how worried they should actually be. He he seems to be a guy that then we'll we'll answer this question later. But he's 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 been a, a kind of a camp phenom in the sense that people are definitely noticing him. Um, and, and that's, that's how you, you know, make rosters is when everybody starts paying a little bit more attention to you. Um, you know, he's, he, he played in the, uh, now defunct AAF. He was a member of the San Diego franchise and he's from San Diego state, had a brief stint with the Cowboys, uh, cut prior before the preseason, excuse me, uh, last year. So, um, you know, he's got some decent size, got some abilities, but we're not talking about a guy that we think is just going to walk in here and, and claim a, a roster spot. But that said, I mean, Ben, have you has the Trey Boston ship sailed for you now? No, no, no. As long as as long as he remains a free agent, you know, the further you get into camp the less you're going to sign for. I predict that Boston's going to sign for the vet minimum again and mm-hmm. play somewhere and probably pay, play very, very well. The one thing that Boston has going for him, though, is he can be choosy. I mean, a lot very. of teams would like to have him if he's going to play for the minimum, and he can start. So, you know, if you're not going to be a starter, why go to that team? You know what I mean? Right. So he's going to wait and see till somebody, you know, needs a free safety to be the starter and go sign a one year deal and try and cash in again. And, you know, uh, it's like 
Chris speculated about last week. We don't know what the hell the deal is, but for whatever reason, he can't stick any place and he can't get paid. But when he gets mm-hmm. out on the field, he plays well. So is it a, a locker room issue? Is it uh, he doesn't get along well with coaches? You know, yeah. what is it? I, I could not begin to tell you, but the guy does perform at a high level. It, it, it is funny that that 32 different NFL teams now are just kind of letting him sit there twisting the wind. And, and as you mentioned, a lot of that has to do with money. But is there that other part, as you also mentioned, about, you know, the ability to get along with coaches, players, whatever. But uh, um, I, I don't know. He's still there. And, and it's it, that's the business of the NFL, uh, ladies and gentlemen. It is a ruthless business because what he is essentially doing is he is sitting at home, working out, waiting for a guy to get seriously hurt so that he can take his place. That's that's the NFL um, and and sadly always has been in that sense. Uh, Chris, you mentioned uh, Ola Denny. He is a guy having a really nice camp so far, um, you know, especially with with T.J. Watt not participating so far. Um, I, I mean, it, I, I know for you, the dream is to see him starting at some point this year. Um, but I only play devil's advocate. Everything I've heard good about him this week has been pass rushing. I haven't heard or seen anything about his ability to drop into coverage. Is, is that a, a point of concern for you? Yeah. Um, that and him against the run, we have to see him step up in that aspect as well. But, um, Dropping, dropping in coverage, sure, because um, yeah. he didn't do that in Toledo, and uh, you know didn't have much experience last year as as well. So um, we'd like to see him improve in that area, um, take a step forward. But at the same time, um, you know, the past couple of years, <clears throat> excuse me, we haven't had a linebacker who can really excel in that area, and now mm-hmm. uh, we have one in Devin Bush, and we might have two in Mark Barron. So will he need to drop as much? Um, I don't know, um, but. Moving forward, we know he he could rush the passer, so that's a that's a really big, um, it's a valuable asset, especially on third down, uh, third down, third and long, and uh, you have TG on one side, and you have Cam, and you know Olo could rush the passer, so it's it'll be tough for offenses. Yeah, uh, and the one of the guys he's trying to uh, take a spot from is is your favorite outside rusher, Bud Dupree, um, who uh, apparently said today or, or last night he said he has no interest in signing a long term deal with the Steelers, uh, regardless of how the season goes. And uh, I think for a lot of fans, the feeling's probably mutual. Um, but it, it, Ben, it's too early to tell on something like that, isn't it? I think so. I mean, you yeah. know, there's a lot of there's a lot of season to go. Um, yeah, maybe he just feels that you know it's just not a good fit for him you know, from a schematic standpoint. They're not asking him to do what what he excels at. Um, I would agree. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I would agree. Coverage, right? I mean, I I have said for a little while that uh, you know he would be better served playing in a different scheme that's all and maybe um he feels the same way you know i think we'd all agree that he doesn't do what he should do (laughs) well enough in that scheme yes Uh, no argument for me yeah i i mean uh we joked many many times about his wide arcs to the quarterback 
Um, and then, of course, he, he put out that that video of himself training and basically doing the exact same thing uh, during the offseason. And I think most of us just kind of smacked the palm of our, our hand against our forehead. Um, but Adenier is an interesting guy. He, he kind of reminds you a little bit of James Harrison. And then, no, I am not comparing them. Just simply saying he reminds you of that in stature a little bit. But um, he would be a fascinating guy if, if uh, the, the, the time and the need comes in there for him for him to, to play, see, see some more snaps. So something to keep an eye on there with him. Um, Chris, I'm going to change gears here for a second. And, and uh, one guy that has had a terrific camp so far is Juju Smith-Schuster. Probably not a surprise that he has, but I'm just going to throw out this to you and and you can uh, answer it any way you want to. Um, Do you think that Juju has some motivation because he saw how ugly the fans got towards Antonio Brown once once Brown started doing all this and ultimately was traded? Do you think there's motivation for him for that? Um, I think most of his motivation comes from him now being the number one, and I know that there's been some um, analysts saying that he can't do it because he previously succeeded because of all the attention mm-hmm. to Antonio Brown. Um, so I think that's some motivation there. I think he just – I honestly just think he wants to win for the team um, and, and just do what he can for the team. That's the kind of person he is. But um, maybe some of his motivation comes from, you know, A.B. sliding him a few times and, and yeah, all the what have you in the offseason. Doesn't he seem a little hacked off to you? He seems a little bit indignant to me, a little more determined than he did previously. A little bit of an edge. A little bit of an edge. Yeah. Yeah. You know, basically when he was describing his entry into camp and he's like, you know, I just slid in through the side door. People, you know, talk about whatever they want to say about it. Personally, I could care less. I'm here to work. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It was like, whoa, where did that guy come from? Well, you know, too, Ben, it was something that the way he said that, too, really resonated with me. Uh, he he almost kind of said, like, it doesn't matter what I do. I'm going to get talked about if I do come in the main the main entrance, so to speak. And to me, that's a really mature attitude to have because he knows that if he just happens to walk in wearing a, a, a black and gold sweatsuit with his headphones on or something, somebody will make an issue of it. You know, somebody will say, oh, geez, look at Juju. He's doing this. He's doing that. So he just kind of took the route of, I'm not even going to bother doing that. I'm just going to go walk in the side. And and I, I to me, I think that's that shows growth and maturity in a kid that, what, is 21 years old? Um, and, and, I think he's so 22, many, isn't he? 20, is he 22 now? Yeah, he's 22 um, now. <laughs> you know, and there's so many so – many, <laughs> he's so old – so many yep. people that that are like, you know, oh, wait till his next contract comes up. He's going to be just like Brown. Will he want all the money? He won't care. I, I'm telling you, this cat is different. He he just, and if he's not, he sure he certainly has uh, convinced me. Otherwise, I, I he talks about team. He talks about winning. I mean, that's what I've heard a lot from these guys, more so than maybe any other Steelers training camp. Is these guys are talking about the business like approach, the hard work that, you know, I don't care what I do as long as the team wins. I mean, these are all things that we weren't really used to hearing yeah. uh, in years past. And if we did, if we did, it was just kind of lip service. I think now, these guys, at their word, Ben. It's it's really early in the game. I mean, I, oh, yeah. and I, I don't want to use that. It's so cliche, but 
it's been four days. Okay. So yep. I don't want to read yep. too much into this, but yeah, I've been told repeatedly by people who are there that there's a heightened sense of camaraderie on the team this year. And that mm-hmm. guys are excited to go to work with each other and, and play with each other and compete, but yeah. they're, they're excited about being there and there's an air of, of enthusiasm and positivity that wasn't there, you know, in the, in the last few years. Um, so yeah. yeah, I'm sure that contributes to it. Uh, getting back to what we were just talking about before Juju turns 23 in November. Oh geez. He's, he's getting old on me. He's, he's a really mature kid. And he is. speaking he to is. your point about getting paid, he's going to get paid. Yep. Anyway, I think, the difference between he and and Antonio Brown is he's not going to see if he can squeeze the Steelers for as much as he possibly can, you know, regardless, my feeling is, you know, the rate for a number one receiver is going to be somewhere in that 16 to $20 million a year range when Juju gets his next contract. And that's what he's going to get paid. It is what it is, man. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes. You know, those are those are the rates. You, you got a guy, and if he's a number one and he's proved he can perform, that's what he makes. It's just like with quarterbacks, man. You know, thirty million dollars now is is the benchmark, which to me is ridiculous, but it is what it is. Yeah, you can't fight it. Uh, it, it, it like you said, it is. It is what it is. Um, Chris, there is a uh, potential developing situation with the two backup quarterbacks right now. Because, um, you know, I, I think we've talked quite a bit that um, we would definitely like to see Mason Rudolph take that number two spot. But so far, and, and as Ben stated a minute ago, it is just four days, so we're not going to get crazy here. But both he and Josh Dobbs have been very inconsistent so far. Um, and, you know, I've heard uh, Devlin Hodges has looked good. But, again, good for a guy like that, you know, versus being – ready to be a pro quarterback, two different things. Um, where, where are you, Chris, on your concern level uh, for, for the backup quarterback situation right now? Uh, not overly high, just just because our offensive line is so good, and I think we're going to run a little bit more this year, so he shouldn't be passing as much. So the risk of injury, or I guess not risk, but the um, likelihood of injury goes down a bit. Um, Concerning the backups, um, it's going to be Mason Rudolph, and you're going to have to roll with him. Um, But when Ben gets his days off, I don't think anyone should complain. I think that they're there for a reason, and Mason Rudolph has to make the best of those situations. Um, Like we said before on this podcast, if Delvin Hodges proves that he's worthy or even better or equal to Josh Dobbs, uh, why not see what you can get for, for Dobbs in the open market or see if we'll give you a conditional seven, six, mm-hmm. um, something mm-hmm. for him. Yeah. I, it, it's one of these things where I think you just got to be patient. Let, uh, let the, you know, the, the rust shake off. Granted these guys train all year round, but you know, you still have a sense of, of full speed. Everything else is happening now at training camp. So you want to, you want to get yourself ready, get in there and go. And, and so I'm, I'm not going to get overly concerned about it just yet, but it's it's certainly something that bears watching. You know, Ben, are, are do you have any concerns at this point, or or is your alarm button uh, is that kind of go off later in the preseason? Uh, I don't know. I guess I'm a little more. 
I hate to keep reusing this word over and over again, but pragmatic about it. You know, mm-hmm. we are where we are now. I don't think, I think we had too many quarterbacks last year and maybe we kept the wrong ones. Sorry. That's the way I really feel. Um, not that Landry was anything to write home about, but he was a competent backup quarterback. Um, and it's, you know, it's early. I'm really hopeful that, that Rudolph will, will take the mantle and, and become the, the backup that mm-hmm. we think he can be this year. But it doesn't look great right now, as I understand it. And, you know, it's, it's four days of, of four camp days so far. Yep. So it's not, not really anything to panic about. No, I'm not panicked about it. I, uh, I'm just not pleased. Yeah, no, that, that, I think that's a very, uh, a good way to put that right there. I, I, I think that's where a lot of people are like to see it improve. And, and I think that it will. Um, and I do want to remind everybody that you're listening to the Steel City Blitz Steelers podcast presented by 26shirts.com slash Pittsburgh, where you still have plenty of time to get the Devin Bush themed Bush t shirt based on the Bush beer, um, uh, slogan logo, if you will, and it's really cool. Uh, Dell designed it, and uh, it, it, it just takes some of the little things from the, the Bush logo, and he puts in some Pittsburghies, if you will, on those, and it's really, really cool. And as Bush. I've stated over, yeah, <laughs> over and over and over again, uh, they have some of the most comfortable T-shirts I've ever known. And uh, so get one, do something good at the same time. Eight bucks from every shirt goes to a very worthy Pittsburgh area cause. Um, and, and while I'm at it, I might as well mention too, don't forget our online store at Design Tree. Um, we've got, gosh, I don't know, a dozen or more different t-shirts up, some with our logo, some very original designs. We just came out with a new uh, Troy Palomalo themed one last week, uh, which has easily been our bestseller. Um, it's just kind of a silhouette of him and the words first ballot underneath. And of course he'll be up for the hall of fame, um, next year. So and most of us believe he will in fact be a first ballot hall of famer. And if he's I'd not, somebody shocked got if be, he wasn't, Oh my I mean, God, somebody would have some serious explaining to do, um, to say the least. So, um, I believe the Steelers are off tomorrow. Aren't they guys? Uh, uh I think, I think so, I think, yeah. Yeah, I think they have a, a day off tomorrow. And, uh, you know, as Coach Tomlin said, it, you know, show me a player who doesn't like a day off. And, you know, he he, he just kind of stopped right there and started to laugh. I mean, of course these guys enjoy a day off now and then. But, uh, I, you know, it's it a it's been a good camp so far. I, I, I think Tomlin, you know, you guys were talking about the, the renewed vigor in this team, he sure seems to have it too. Um, just listening to him at the end of practices, uh, he, he's always been enthusiastic about training camp, but he seems to be even a little bit more so now. Um, and and I, I just, it, it just all looks good. And I mean, crap, even James Ferrier tweeted today, you know, Bell and Brown are gone, should win the Super Bowl this year or something to that extent. So, yeah, uh, I, thought, I mean, yeah. he's, James Ferrier's coming from a time when the team was really, yes. really tight, you know, and yes. he was one of the team leaders. And so he's basically comparing what we saw the last few years to that, you know, to his perspective when he was on the yeah. team. And I understand where he's coming from. I, I do. Oh, now, definitely. I do think they're going to miss Brown's talents. 
I also, and maybe I'm biased, but, but I happen to think that Antonio Brown is going to miss the Steelers more than the Steelers are going to miss Antonio Brown. Ooh, boy, that is a really, really interesting point. Uh, Chris, did you agree with that statement? Um, yeah, sadly, I have to. I don't yeah, want to, but yeah. I, I think so, too. I, uh, I, <laughs> I can already see the stairs that he's going to give Derek Carr after ball after oh. ball goes in the dirt at his feet. Or he misses him when he's wide open. I'll give you another example. I'll I'll give you guys – let me give you this scenario, okay? Yeah. A.B. says something bad about Derek Carr and how he missed him or can't hit him or whatever, doesn't like his quarterback, anything negative about his quarterback. David Carr, talking head for NFL Network, is going to step up and defend his brother. Oh, yeah. That's going to bring the situation to a head. Very yeah. quickly. And I don't think the Raiders really thought that through when they brought this guy in, but they're about to find out. Well, you know, plus they got perfect, plus they got incognito. I mean, hard knocks cannot start soon enough. I may actually watch it. Uh, sometimes I just watch a few clips here and there. I may actually tune in to watch that train wreck uh, i have i have never before. watched a single episode of hard knocks and i don't think i will oh you might if this is a must must see tv i think it's gonna be you might want to but uh eh, who knows we're getting off topic uh speaking of our wide receivers um deontay johnson the rookie out of toledo is is everything is looking good right now chris um where do you see him fitting in this offense? Um, it's tough to tell because he could play the slot and he could play the X. Um, I, I think he can play the Z as well. Um, if they want to split Juju out wide, then I think you put Johnson in the slot. I think that's a, a, a formation that they might want to run. Um, and then either uh, Washington or Moncrief uh, at the Z. Uh, or the X, it depends on where you want to put Juju. Yeah. But um, I would like to see that. I'd like to see all these receivers be interchangeable just because it would be tough to defend, tough for yeah. corners to really watch their film and really know what they're getting because they are going to be getting too many wide receivers to really understand. So um, for me, I, I think that he's competing for the X position right now behind Moncrief. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. uh, if Moncrief wants to – um, be out James Washington if he could, then he would switch over to the Z. Um, and wouldn't that be a blow to this to this to Kevin Colbert watching James Washington to kind of fall behind? Uh, we don't want to see that. No, we don't. And and everything I've uh, been told of Washington so far is that he uh, looks like a completely different player this year, as most second year guys do after they've had a full year in the organization, but. Um, and Tomlin commented on it today that he feels like Washington's really taken a big leap. And, um, it, you know, I'm just kind of sitting here drooling at the prospect of Juju, Deontay Johnson, Dante Moncrief, and Washington all being on the field at the same time. I mean, I, I uh, there's a lot of options for Ben Roethlisberger right there if all of that breaks right now. Of course, you know, things can happen here or there, but um, – you know, Ben, have, have you had a chance to, to look at DeAndre Johnson at all, see what, what type of stuff he's been doing? Yeah, I mean, I 
all I've caught is like highlights that people aren't supposed to be posting on, on social media, <laughs> but he looks fantastic. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I getting off the line, the, the guy looks great. Now I don't know oh, how he's going to be in press yeah. that, that concerns me a little, but then you just put him in the slot and yeah, he's going to be dangerous. So, you know, getting back to what Chris was saying before, the more versatile you can make these guys. And I, I think you could make Washington an X. Mm-hmm. I think so. Uh, I know you could make Moncrief an X or a Z, no question. You probably could even put him in the slot. Uh, you've got that that uh, versatility, I believe, with Johnson, and you certainly have it with, with Juju Smith-Schuster. So, yeah, the more versatility those guys have, the better. Uh, Johnson looks great. I would like to see some more of of uh, Deontay Spencer, but I'm specifically thinking about yeah. the way he he performs as a receiver because we know he can return. He can do returns. But right. if he can't perform as a receiver, he's not going to make this team. Right. No, that's true. It, it, by all accounts, he's looked good. I mean, his, his speed is definitely on display, but I, I haven't heard or seen enough of him yet to, to make a definitive uh, call as to whether or not he's doing well at receiver, but, but, you know, arrows up, so to speak um, in, in that regard. Um, I've heard uh, Eli Rogers hasn't looked very good. Well, I was so just going to ask you, just going to ask you, Chris, is, so is, he in, is Eli Rogers in trouble right now of making I've this I've been team? saying this since he's been re-signed. I don't yeah. understand why. I, I just don't. I'd never thought that he was anything great. Just a normal guy. Um, yeah. You can get what he offers from any UDFA. Um, I, I'd rather have uh, Deontay Spencer and Ryan Spitzer over him. Just how well, I feel. I, I mean, how do you know what Deontay Spencer can do at this point? I, we, I'll, take, we I'll take his. I'll take his. I mean, if you if you wash the return ability, then you have to go as a receiver. So. That's, Head to head, where you know who has the better hands, who has the better route running. Um, the camaraderie obviously goes to to Rogers there, but uh, depends on on how their camp goes. I, well, I hear what you're saying, yeah, but I yeah. I can't I can't project a, a returner into a good receiver. There there are plenty of there are plenty of guys back going through league history. Desmond Howard is the most notable that comes to mind right away. That were excellent yeah. returners but couldn't do anything as receivers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, let, let me pull up Deontay Spencer's stats. Yeah. He had, um, in where? Canada? Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, he still caught the football, okay. <laughs> but it's Canada. I mean, I, he still caught the football. What did Eli Rogers do the past two years? Say on his ass. <laughs> he hasn't caught the football. Well, he's caught a football. Um, since we're talking about guys who catch the football, um, I, I'm still terrified of what's going on at tight end, guys. Uh, by all accounts, Zach Gentry has looked as exact, and I, I, I'm sorry, I'm going to toot our own horn here. One of our big, big concerns with him, besides the fact that his hands were questionable, is that he's just a big, tall drink of water and he doesn't block well. And the first day of contact, and again, I preface, it's only been in four days, but he hasn't looked real good. Um, I, I Ben, are you left wondering why we drafted him? He just doesn't seem like a Steeler draft pick to me. I, I Am I left wondering? I've been bitching <laughs> about it 
<laughs> bitching about it since they made the pick. The guy was, oh, I'm sorry. He's an yeah, undrafted, he's an undrafted yeah. free agent quality player. And yeah. they took him with a fifth round pick. I don't get it. Now, they know more than I do. They do. Yep. And yep. they clearly see something there that they can develop. And they felt that he would not be available the next time they chose, so they took him. I completely disagree that he was yeah. worth that pick. Um, he can't block. He has suspect hands. He's not athletic. Um, he's too tall to learn how to block. Uh, he doesn't yeah. do anything I, after the catch. When he does catch it, he catches it and falls down. I don't see the value at all. I don't understand it. So I'm not left <laughs> doubting the pick. I've doubted the pick from the moment. I've been like, that's weird. And then I went back and watched more of his film again. I'm like, what the hell? Why? Yeah, yeah. And if I remember, there were a couple of other tight ends on the board that, uh, Chris, correct me if I'm wrong, wasn't there one or two other guys we liked that, that we thought would have been – yeah, uh, well, yeah, um, that's true, too. I, I can't like remember Monroe, the fourth. No, not really. There was, like, there was Caden Smith. Um, I'm going well, down. Well, Moreau in the fourth, yes. I would have loved that. Yeah. Good uh, no, Nada from Georgia. Yeah. Tommy Sweeney, Boston College. Uh, oh, Elysia Mack. I'd rather have Elysia Mack. Okay, maybe he's the one I was thinking Notre of then. Okay. Um, yeah, there, I mean, there, there is I, one, I, one thing. What's uh, about about this situation this year that that gives us a little bit of hope if the two guys in front of Gentry can stay healthy, even though I still think Gentry's not going to turn into anything. No. Um, Xavier Grimble last year actually knew the offense pretty well, and he still only played fifteen percent of the snaps. Right. So. I, it, 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 <laughs> Grimble is one of those guys much in the same way that that I think when I go back and I, I think about how we looked at Villanueva those first few weeks when he was starting and we thought, oh God, no, he's just it's just not gonna happen. He's 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 just not built right, he doesn't do this. And I wanna be wrong about Xavier Grimble. I, I want nothing better than to be on this show and say, Man, this guy proved me wrong. I, I but I haven't seen anything yet for it to happen. Uh, but if it means the success of the Pittsburgh Steelers, then I desperately want it to happen. It's just a matter of not seeing it. And, you know, knowing the offense, yep, very important. He's made some really nice athletic catches. But uh, uh, just like, as a, well, okay, uh, uh, viable catches, I don't know. Uh, as a blocker, I mean, I need my number two guy to be a blocker. I mean, he's got to be a guy that can that can set an edge when he's blocking, and I don't see it with him. And you know, Chris, I know you're not exactly on the uh, Xavier Gribble bandwagon either, right? No, I mean he did improve <laughs> as a blocker, but it's still not where you, you want know. it to be. Uh, he no. can catch the ball, and I mean, man, just a lot to left to be desired. And, and they just keep throwing him a bone every year, it seems. And not, they, they're treating the tight end position like they have the cornerback position for a long time and then inside linebacker position for a long time. Uh, they're just not putting enough, um, you know, just not putting enough weight mm-hmm. on it. And I really think that they need to take, take it more seriously, um, especially with nobody really emerging um, for the number three spot. 
that's worrisome as well. I think they're going to have to look for cuts and look for somebody to add in August. Uh, Tomlin uh, was actually asked today about Trevor Wood, the uh, the tight end slash long snapper, um, and and he was he was funny. He was asked if he'd been doing any long snapping, and Tomlin said, "Man, we're not even on to to, to Plan B jobs yet. We're still trying to get our feet wet with what we're supposed to be doing, and not that stuff." So, you know, it, it just isn't an, an answer that is again indicative of how far we are into this uh, and and how far we still have to go. Um, before we start wrapping things up here, uh, um, Chris, do you get the feeling based on the first couple of days, offensive line wise, that they definitely are leaning towards, uh, Chooks taking that spot or, uh, are they just trying to get him time to see what he could do? Um, I'm not really that sure. I think that they're, they're trying to make it an equal battle where they're not putting mm-hmm. one guy at with the first team and then the second guy has to perform well enough with the second team to kind of move up. I think they're going to try and make it a little more equal um, in terms of a battle just to see where the chemistry is, where the camaraderie is, where, um, you know, how each respond yeah. to not being with the first team, perhaps um, there's a lot going on. I think they want Jukes to succeed. And um, I really like what Matt Fowler did last year and he was rock solid for a guy coming off. I mean, yeah. really, I mean, no one really knew who he was. If he was walking on the street, no one had, had any idea who he was. And he came in for Marcus Gilbert um, and pretty much solidified that right side. I mean, he wasn't the best, but he, he really no. solidified uh, and, and made it not a huge worry. We, we kind of thought of him as more of a guard than anything, if I remember correctly. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, no, played well. Um, ben, I you, you've been on that bandwagon that, that you really think that they want Chooks to win that job. Um, well, I, I was told that flat out. They want him to win. Yeah. Because they view him as a left tackle and they want him to get some playing time because they mm-hmm. want to improve the competition over on that side. I personally don't think that Al was playing badly toward the end of last year. So, I mean, if you'd asked me yeah. this this time last year, I'd have been like, yeah, great. They've got a left tackle in waiting. This is going to be great. He's a developmental guy, yada, yada, yada. Right. Now I'm less concerned. But having too many good tackles is never a problem. Oh, no. So we, yeah. I'm not really going to bitch about it. And I, I agree with what Chris said. Filer was solid last year, especially as a run blocker. He was brutal. He was devastating. Yeah. And I think they should give him the benefit of the doubt but also make him compete to, to win the job. And the thing that Filer's got going for him is he can play. He can definitely play three spots. He can probably, they taught him to snap last year to be the, right. the emergency center. I mean, that's not the guy you want to be the center, but no, no, he can snap if he needs to. So that's a fourth position. The only spot he really can't play is, uh, is left tackle, and, and he can also come in and, and play that extra tackle when they when they were in the power sets. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, I either way, both these guys have a job. We're not really going to be concerned about either one of them making the team. I think when, when Filer's uh, exclusive rights and restricted rights have been used up, He's either going to leave or the Steelers yeah. are going to pay him. Either way, he's getting paid. So, yes. you know, both these these guys have a nice future. Um, I hope that the Steelers just make it an honest competition. 
and and you know do what what Chris alluded to earlier and just uh, may the best man win. Yeah, and we didn't even mention Gerald Hawkins either. I mean, Hawkins yeah, that kinda, sucks. But well, you know, he missed, he's he on a lot of time. He has. It, it, he's on his last go around, so to speak. He he just has struggled way too much with injuries, and and if he's ever going to do it, this is this is the year to do it. But you know, he's clearly already behind both uh, Filer and, and Chukes, from everything that I can tell. So. Um, guys, we are uh, just about done here on the uh, show, and um, I wanted to give you a, a chance. Uh, Chris, any any parting thoughts before we uh, cut it off for this evening? Um, Ola, Denny, Ola Denny should be the starter. Yeah, you're all in on Ola. By week four. Um, oh. I don't know Can how we're going to use Mark Barron. I don't know who the Dimebackers are going to be. Go Cam Kelly. Cam Sutton's having a good camp. I don't know really know where you put him. Cam Sutton's having a good camp in coverage, but that's can't, what we're hearing. He can't tackle. How can he play dimebacker if he's not a good tackler? I'm not yeah. saying he can't tackle, but he's not good at it. It's not his That's strength. why I've been saying he shouldn't be a free safety either. No, we didn't we didn't like that aspect of him coming out of Tennessee. He did yeah. not tackle well. No. No. So um, I yeah. Yeah, I don't know what to do with with him. I I have no idea what's going on with Barron either. Uh, Bush seems to be the guy they absolutely want to win mm-hmm. that max spot, which makes sense. Um, Bush did not perform well by all accounts in backs on backers, <laughs> which is a bit of a surprise to me. But yeah. I don't think that he's he's had to take on blockers in his career. I think he's just been a guy who runs to the ball. He's been covered up, so it's something he's going to have to learn to do, you know, on, yep. on the Steelers' defense. Um, Ola, you know, conversely, has been a monster. He's, like, undefeated in backs on backers. So, hey, that's great. That's fantastic. Now, let's hope that he can set an edge and cover. If he can mm-hmm. do those two things, we already know he can pursue and he can rush the passer. If he can do all four of those things, you know, he's going to be the guy. Yeah. And he doesn't have that undeniable strength that James Harrison has, but he does a lot of the things like cutting that cutting that arc short like Harrison used to do that that remind you of Harrison getting underneath tackles and running around them and you know yeah. I I'm looking forward to this this kid developing and maturing and and we'll see what what the future brings but I'm enthusiastic yeah, I am too. And uh I I you know arrow up on him and, and several other guys as well. And uh um you know I, I had uh, something in mind there that I was I was gonna point out right at the end and I've totally forgotten it. But Kevin anyway. Colbert? Well, you know, I, I think we'll get into that on, on the next show for sure. Uh Kevin Colbert, you know, asking the Steelers not to extend and uh a lot of speculation that this maybe could be his last year. Um, so we will definitely get into that. And I, I do want to mention that, uh, Rick Holman, uh, friend of the show, he, he was the guy that joined us uh, last year and, and, uh, was, was visited by one Terry Bradshaw at his home, uh, when he was nominated to, uh, be the greatest Steeler fan ever. And, and he's actually going into the hall of fame this week. And we're going to hear from him coming up real, real soon, but I'm running short of time. So for Ben and for Chris, this is Steel Dead signing off on the Steel City Blitz Steelers podcast presented 
by 26shirts.com slash Pittsburgh. And hey, go Steelers. Ravens suck.